Gracious God, as we gather in this place this morning, speak to us. Speak to us of our understanding of what it means to love all. As we continue to conspire together to turn this Christmas upside down. What does love really mean? What does all really mean? And how do we do that in a way it celebrates your coming to us as Emmanuel? Pour into the words that I have today that you have given me. And may we all seek your understanding. Convict us, challenge us, and guide us in these moments. In Jesus Christ's name we ask. Power of the Holy Spirit to be upon all of us now. And the people of God said together, Amen. I invite you to follow along in case you don't know that we can actually, in the Version Bible event, you can actually follow along with all the sermon notes. And there's actually links to click links to click today and to see more information about different things. And so we encourage you to come and be a part of that experience with us as well. So in a matter of only six weeks, a ghost story was written that changed the world as we know it from that time on. On December 19th, 1845, a Christmas carol literally changed the fabric of society and Charles Dickens became the father of Christmas. It was Dickens' moral of goodwill to all men that became somewhat of a blueprint for how Christmas is still celebrated over 170 years later. And that story begins with Jacob Marley, Scrooge's business partner, dead on that Christmas Eve night seven years before, who is coming to haunt Scrooge to try to save him from his fate and his lack of compassion for others. Now Marley makes no excuses for himself when Scrooge says, But you were a good man of business, Jacob. Business, cried the ghost. Bringing his hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. Marley holds up the greater truth that he never seemed to grasp in life. How all the lives of all humanity are so important in needing our love. Loving Kindness, love. It's the words of Mary in Luke one forty Luke one forty six when Mary says, "With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior." When she touches the unborn child, it's the love of a mother for her unborn child and her God. Magnificent. That's what it's called. And love is a word we use a lot to describe our affection for things. And in America, we have a lot of love for a lot of things. We love our kids. We love our spouses. We love our freedom. We love our sports teams. We love chocolate. We love steak. We love pizza. We love our dogs. We sometimes even love our cats. We love a lot of things. We love so much there are over a hundred songs that were number one hits that have the word love. In the title. That's a lot of love songs. And those are only some with love in the title. 
Do you ever think that we have overused the word love? So much that we no longer really know what it means. That we think that we don't really understand what love is. Maybe you've never consciously wondered that before. But as we talk about it, it does strike a chord with you. What is love? I want to know. Davis, can you turn me down a little bit? I'm just tired of the ringing. Thank you. Well, today we're going to talk about love. We're going to seek to find out what love is and how we can truly love all people. Today we reach the culmination of our journey together to turn our Christmas upside down. We have conspired to do things differently during this Advent. And boy, it's been a different Advent, that is for sure. The first week, we saw how for the people involved in the events of the first Christmas, it was about worshiping fully. To worship fully. And expressing that worship by being obedient. And expressing gratitude and adoration. And ultimately by giving Him the best that they had. Not of their stuff but of themselves, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, Joseph, Mary. How have you done? Have you used your Advent calendar? Have you read the devotionals? At least some of them that have been coming out. I haven't been doing that. It's been Shelly the whole time, just so you know. I just see somewhere. I forgot where she went. Where's she at? Where is Shelly? Oh. Great. So thanks, Shelly, for doing that. She took that over and did all those, those devotionals every day. Hopefully you've read some of them. Have you found deeper ways to worship Christ more fully during this time of preparation? Have you savored each day of opportunities to prepare room for the manger in your lives? The second week we saw how we have turned Christmas into a time of spending to the tune of half a trillion dollars and more. And we talked about how it's so easy for us to be pulled into this vortex of Christmas shopping. We equate the cost of our gift, our debt, with the love we have for someone. But we discovered that our love is not measured by the monetary value of our gift. And so we considered spending less. Have you bought one less gift this season, or gave some percentage of what you spend on yourself to those in need, like 10%. If you spend $1,000, spend $100 on those who are in need. It's the least that we can do. Or tried drawing names in your family and buying gifts for that person and, and went and down that road, perhaps. Or visited our alternative gift table and gave donations and the memory and honor of family and friends to buy a chicken or a cow or bees or a meal for the homeless. You know, you get every time from the rescue mission and from other places the little thing that comes in an envelope and all you got to do is take a check with it and you provide a certain number of meals. Open it up. Don't throw it in the trash. $2.26. Do one at least. Or all those other things that might come through. Give to the Christmas seals and do the things that you feel like doing. Or your person's favorite charity. 
since my dad died before, you know, before Thanksgiving, I've been thinking about some of the best ways to be able to, to remember him. We have money that has come in for memorials that we will figure out what to do here. Thank you for those who gave to that. I've got to figure out what I think that my dad would appreciate that will stay here beyond my years here. But one of the things that I thought about was is that, is that I give to a group called Kiva. Say Kiva. Kiva is a place that gives microloans all across the entire world in every country. And I've done this for, I guess, more than a decade now. We've even done it here some. Uh, the youth have done it. The kids have too. But Kiva gives these loans out. So when I look at loans, especially giving out loans, the first thing I think about is agriculture. I think about my dad's want to have always to go back to the farm and to be on a farm and to be able to have cows and, and all the things. So when I go and search Kiva, what I look for, first of all, is those who are looking for cows. Plus, of course, our family is very cow-related, so that works out the same way, too. So I found two individuals who just needed that last bit of amount on their loans to be able to buy feed for their cows or increase their flock from two different countries around the world, and I gave those in memory of my dad. It's going to change a life. I don't need something else. He certainly doesn't. So think about how you can use what you have as resources to honor or to in memory of somebody to, to help to change their lives. Ask them what their favorite charity is. And they give something. You want to give them a present too? That's fine. Maybe give something equal to those people to make a difference. I can tell you it's not much about presence at all this year for us whatsoever. I can guarantee you there isn't much under our tree. And there won't be. So it's actually been a good lesson to be able to help to understand what's really real and what's really important. And I hope you're finding that too. There's still time. Remember, Christmas is not a day. It's a season. And there is time for you to go and to be generous all the way through January 6th. Find all those nice bargains after Christmas. Find ways to help after Christmas. Don't just try to stuff it into one day. And that led us into what we talked about last week was giving more. And our goal was not being the Ebenezer Scrooge of our day. I do want you to give and receive gifts, but I want you to do it in a way that's intentional and in a balanced way. So you're thinking through all those things like, is it, is it, is it fair trade? Is it something helpful to people? Or is it a bunch of junk made in China? Is it something that can help somebody else? Does this gift really make a difference in somebody's life, either the person receiving it or somebody else who, who receives the benefits of it? Am I just buying more junk to add to my house? What does this mean? To ask those questions. To give gifts that are meaningful. To give gifts that you can actually afford. You should never go into debt to be able to buy gifts for someone else. Because when you do that, all you do is say that somehow that's important. You really think that Jesus wants you to go into debt in any way whatsoever to be able to buy something because you think that that thing is so much more important? You've got to spend the rest of the year trying to get out of that debt? How does that honor God? How does it help in any way? Sometimes the best gifts are, are, are not monetary. The idea is to give less presence and to give more presence. You see, most people just crave that from you in one way or another for you to be present with them. Have you spent more time making and giving memories? Did you make something homemade? 
thanks for all the things that have come in homemade to us. You know, the fudges, the things like that, those are great. They're awesome. The, the bread, that was a big fit in our house. It's, uh, it's almost all gone. Those kind of things. Sometimes the things you make from your hands are just the notes that come. I enjoy Christmas cards because I actually look at all of them and I put them up along all our walls. Everybody says, well, just do it electronically now today. Just do everything. It's like, I can't look at an electronic card. But your cards you send, some of them are just fantastic. They bring me hope. I look at them and I open them up and they bring me joy. That's an important gift in itself. Maybe it's cookies. Making those cookies together. Or that gingerbread house like we talked about that we do every year. Maybe it's an outing together. We went to ICE and so we haven't been there in several years to go to ICE and to be able to see a Christmas story and, and all those pieces. And, and that was a way to be able to come together as a family before Hannah went back to her mother all the way up to Christmas Eve. Maybe it's an intimate date night. You see on this, there are lots of relational gift ideas if you go right to that website. Adventconspiracy.org, and you'll see all those. There's tons and tons of ideas. Interrupted afternoon together. A trip around the area to look at some of the decorations and lights. That's our last thing we're going to do, which will actually leave Lester's visitation and then go look at lights. Once again, the juxtaposition of this season is crazy. Sorrow and joy mixed together every time I turn around. But it is what it is. And that will be a memory we make. There's a website, like I said, you can find all those things. And ultimately we talked about how by spending less on meaningless gifts, we can spend more to meet real needs in the world of the poor, the marginalized, the needy. The only way you can buy an angel tree gift is because you buy the angel tree gift and don't buy something else. We all have a finite amount of money. You had to make a decision somewhere to be able to do that. What's your plan to give more? Everybody can give something. If you can't give financially, have you decided to give more of your time and give of your talents this year in in ways that you haven't done before to give the Christ child that gift, that you're going to dedicate more time to Him and be present more with Him in the life of the community, in the life of His people, inside, outside the church. Hopefully you're planning to take a fruit basket today. What a, what a great opportunity to be able to go outside the box and just grab that and take it to someone and bring them joy. Because I guarantee you don't know what it's like to live on the other side of the door when you're isolated from the community. And you never get to see anybody you saw every Sunday of your life. Imagine if you couldn't be here and you wanted to be here. What that would be like. Or imagine this, what if we all sent Christmas cards, you still got plenty of them in your house, to all of our homebound members? But we can get you that list really quickly because they've pulled together that already. Can you imagine if all of a sudden cards started pouring in between now and January 6th, let's say, because of Epiphany and the end of the 12 days of Christmas? If they got all these cards that came in the mail because we took the time to actually write out their name and put their address on it and grab the cheapest card you possibly got because you know you got a bunch of them laying around or the nicest card you possibly could find and be able to send it, I guarantee you these people would look at it very differently. They'd be trying to figure out who the heck this person is and that sort of thing, and that would be awesome because it doesn't matter. They got 50 cards because we were willing to do something like that. Simple things matter. 
And by the way, parents, as we talked about last week, have you talked about giving with your kids and how it works and what Christ is all about and how this whole thing works at Christmas time? Have you thought about the whole four present idea that we talked about that has been over social media over the last several years and something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read? How many of us really need much more than that? And that's really, for all of us, it's the same way. How much do we really need? Or is it more just our wants? And believe me, we have lots of wants. And I was thinking about the angel tree as well when, we were, when the idea seemed to get across that somehow there's ten gifts for each angel and that was too much. And I heard there was some hubaloo about that. I'm just going to be honest with you. They kept that away from me so I wouldn't have to deal with that. But here's the deal with it. When I looked at the list of the things that were on the angel tree, most of the things on the angel tree were not toys. They are a coat. They are shoes. So I got to thinking about this. That in order to be able to, maybe we should do the same thing with the angel tree. Maybe what we do is when we send the thing out next year, what we do is, what's your coat size? What's your shoe size? Then we have the four other presents. So there's like six presents, but they're all kind of designated. So that way for sure we give them something to read. You see? It's important for us to figure all these things out. The whole idea of spending less affects kids. They get to see why it's not so important to get everything I ever wanted under the tree. You might be surprised about how much they understand it and how they want to be generous. People really can benefit for it. Many kids are like, I don't need anything else. I, I want you to give to something else or I want to help somebody else or that sort of thing. Case in point, our kids went out on Sunday afternoon and they went out and shopped for their angel tree kid. What did we teach them? We taught them that Christmas is about helping others and not about ourselves. And that brings up to today, which is love all. Loving the people in our lives. Loving disadvantaged in our society. Loving the poor all around the world. The business that Marley was talking about. So, so as Tina Turner saying, what has love got to do with it? Well, everything, because in the end, all we need is love. And it's kind of funny because, in fact, a church has set their whole Christmas presentation to the Beatles songs. It's called Let It Be Christmas. There's a link to it in the app. Which Christians celebrate this whole idea that let it be Christmas is all about using the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. <laughs> With Mary and Joseph singing Beatle John Lennon's song, Beautiful Boy to Baby Jesus. You'd be surprised how many Beatles songs can be put together to actually tell the entire Christmas story accurately. Read the article, it's really interesting. And after that, isn't love the backdrop for everything that happened to the first Christmas that the Beatles sing? All you need is what? Love. Christmas is a recognition and a celebration of the day that Jesus came into our world. When Jesus, who is God, decided to give up all his rights and privileges as God in order to enter into God's own creation. And why did God do that? Because of love. If you look at 1 John 3.16, not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16, it's interesting, however, that both John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 both talk about God's love for us. However, the writer of 1 John has a response to the group, the foreigner who asked this question, I want to know what love is. Well, here it is. This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And because of that love, we are called to do what? Love others. So what does it mean to love others? First, my love for others means I give of myself. This is really what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. Instead of giving meaningless gifts at Christmas time or any time of the year, how about giving of yourself? Invest your life in others. Invest yourself in your family and friends. Invest yourself in the poor and the marginalized and the underprivileged. One of the honors we had just a couple of weeks ago now is to be able to do our Christmas Feed the Need. And the opportunity that we had during that time was to, to be able to help all of these families who came, 153 of them. And one of the things was, I got the selfies, I showed these last week, but I want to show them again. But I want you to hear the prayer request that went along with people, not necessarily in these pictures, but people who were there. Not me. Well, you can pray for me too. And you pray for him too. He needs a lot of prayer. Grandson had heart attack. Pray for complete healing. Granddaughter has a blood flow issue. It goes backwards. Prayers to keep family going well as it is. Pray cancer will shrink more. Every Friday, going to Nashville, treatments for cancer. Used to be pediatric nurse, got injured, can't work. Cart got lost, so we walked her back through. Stuff in life changes quickly, wants us to pray for others. Pray for son's journey for son. Pray for his MS. Lessen stress of life, automobile issues. Family has had members of the family pass during this season. Heavy hearts, no Christmas bonus this year. Pray for these kids. I had a stress-induced heart attack. Pray for health and finances. Pray for healing and back and foot. Mom passed away a month ago. Strength to keep up with these young children. Good health for family. Cancer treatments. Two tumors. Just started treatment. Finances. Family. Pray to help find a job. Pray to stay healthy. Car wreck. Collision 20 years ago. Disabled. Disabled. Tries to help disabled a nine-year-old too. Husband died at age 31. She has two small children. I was laid off a couple of weeks ago before Christmas with four children. Pray for patience and strength. Recover from illness, finances and guidance. Two teenage boys, single mom. Took left kidney, cancer-free though. Health of my husband who has cancer. Husband has back and neck issues. She has MS. Found out I'm five months pregnant at 41. I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids, but after 18 years with the same man, I finally got my wish. So we have a very little but very, very big Christmas miracle. Stay healthy and safe. Pray for peace in the world. We need to come together and love one another for God to bless us with peace. For my family, I need a job. Financial restoration. Fell last night with phone on charger. Pray not to fall again. Praise for her husband's cancer recovery. The job continues to be found. Two years with immune disease, ER this morning, health of four children, surgery coming up, family relationships, rough Christmas. We lost our granny mother, would like to pray. I have cancer. Keep kids safe, baby healthy, born in February. Pray for son and daughter. Daughter's going through a program. Pray it's successful. Financial stability to take care of her grandkids. Husband recovering from surgery, cancer removed from toe. Health baby boy due mid-April. Wife passed away, needs help. House has mildew and needing to sell. 
This is Christmas. Not the stuff under our tree. These are live people struggling through life, needing our help. And yes, that will probably involve some sort of money, which we've done. But more than that, I'm talking about investing your time, your energies, your attention, your prayers, your abilities. Because love is not just an emotion. It's an attitude of the heart that leads us to give of ourselves and to serve others. Amen? You see that in the next verse of 1 John 3. It says, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. That passage is talking about giving people in need. But what I want you to notice here is the motivation behind it. I watched the Polar Express the other night. Anybody like the Polar Express? You like that? It's one of your favorite movies. At the end of that movie, if you haven't seen it, remember I preached a sermon on it too, a sermon series on it. There's so much Christian allegorical representation in that movie if you look at it. And you really take it apart. But at the end of it, Santa gives out the first gift of Christmas and says, This bell is a wonderful symbol of the spirit of Christmas, as am I. Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your what? Heart. Lies in your heart. It's a heart of love. It's an attitude of compassion. Propels you to action. It's giving to meet a need, but giving because you already become invested through your compassion. You can't not help but want to help. Second, my love for others compels me to give sacrificially. The love that God has for us led him to make the ultimate sacrifice. 1 John 4.10 This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away sins. The love that God has for us costs God personally. God started by giving up the comforts of heaven to be born as a baby. And his sacrifice culminated when he died, a very painful death on a cross, executed as a common criminal. That's what it meant for him to give sacrificially. And if God was willing to give us sacrificially, can't we give sacrificially for one another too? Because real love is going to compel us to give sacrificially. Real love means we don't have to focus ourselves to give. Like, oh, I've got to make myself give. It means we just can't help ourselves. We're compelled to give. Apparently, another family came in need during this time because my wife got texts about it. And I, she's on the phone during dinner. And I'm like, get off the phone. We're eating dinner. And she's like, well, we're dealing with the situation. Another family needs help. And so apparently, several of you got together and took care of all the needs of that family without even anybody else knowing about it. You've probably done that too somewhere along the way. Third, my love for others follows the example of Jesus. Those of us who consider ourselves to be Christ followers, who look at the way that Jesus lived and try to apply his teachings to our lives, well, love has to be part of the equation. Jesus loved others purely and freely. And if we're going to follow him, then we need to love too. We need to do good and give of ourselves because precisely what Jesus did his entire life. So again, Jesus is our example. He's our model. 
He showed us what it means to really love others. His love meant that he gave freely and generously of himself. And if we're going to live like Jesus lived, we need to allow that same kind of love to flow through us into others. When love for others motivates us to action, we are living like Jesus. And last, my love for others is the evidence of the work of God in my life. Can you love others without the presence of God in your life? Absolutely. You don't need God in your life to love someone else. All people, even devout atheists, have the ability to express love and compassion towards others, sometimes more than Christian folks do. But for the Christ follower, our ability to love grows exponentially as our relationship with him grows. 1 John 4, 11, 12 says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. If God is at work in your life, an ever-increasing love for others is going to be a result. I just raise up my good friend Lester to remember that every time. Whatever you see in Lester and have known about Lester over the years is because of the great love for his God and how he lived that out. It's not magic. He's not a better person than you or me. But he certainly, certainly lived as a servant of God because he knew what love was all about. I love people you know, even people that you don't know, you'll never meet. You're going to have a greater capacity for compassion for people all over the world because the work of God is in your life. Amen? It's going to change your heart. You can't not help but want. I think of these two young folks right here that did the angel tree for years and years and years and years and years and extra years after that. Their compassion kept it going for the rest of us over all of those years. Remember that moment from How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Where the Grinch's heart grew how many sizes? Three sizes. That's the work of God. Your capacity to love grows three sizes and keeps growing from there. That God loved the world so much that he gave his son. And Jesus loved us so much he gave himself. And it was that love for us that he came to be motivated to come to earth. To love the poor, the forgotten, the marginalized. And it's his love working through us that can motivate us as well. What are you going to do this Christmas to make a difference in the world? How are you going to love all, even beyond the circle of your own family and friends? How can you love all? You may have seen, and I don't know if you can pull it over or not, if it's going to work, but hear about the guy who paid 36 electric bills in Florida this Christmas? You heard about him? Well, it's going to work. Let's watch it. Christmas gift for dozens of families. They found it in an unlikely spot, not under their trees, but in their mailboxes. The inside says, it is our honor and privilege to inform you that your past utility bill has been paid by Gulf Breeze Pools and Spas. You can rest easier this holiday season knowing that you have one less bill to pay. Michael Esmond, veteran and business owner, took it upon himself to get a list of 36 utility accounts that were past due. He then paid the bill, $4,600. I noticed on it that the, uh, the due date was December 26th, the day after Christmas. 
and that made me think about maybe people that couldn't afford to pay their bill, that they might go without gas or water during the Christmas holidays. The driving force, an experience from his past. It wasn't too long ago he found himself in the very same boat as these families. Back in the 80s, I actually lived that, where I experienced a time that I had trouble paying bills, and we actually had the, the gas disconnected, and it happened to be one of the coldest winters we ever had in history, where the temperature actually got down to 6 degrees, and we didn't have any heat. We had ice on the windows on the inside of the house. Esmond says his goals are simple. He hopes this gesture makes for a less stressful holiday season. He also wants to set an example, saying you can always find a way to give back. I was hoping I could um, set a standard for companies that are about the size of mine, where you know we're not a Quint Studer or a Fred Levin, but we can still do something and give something back. His generosity is already making an impact in their community. It made me cry. It made me cry. Joanne Oliver, Goldfreeze's utility billing manager, says in her 20 years in customer service, this is a first. For someone <coughs> like him, a veteran, to come in and do some grand gesture, was, it was heartfelt for me. Esmond says he's already thinking about how to spread the holiday cheer next year. I would do it over again in a second. People ask me, well, are you going to do this next year? And my answer is, if, if, if I told everybody I was going to do it next year, nobody would pay their bill. <laughs> so I'll figure out something for next year. It won't be this, but I'll figure out something. You could also think about, maybe you haven't, you've heard about this too, but he has to get over to it, poor thing. There you go. Think about this too. You ever heard about RIP medical debt? Everybody heard about RIP medical debt? You may have seen this. And if you haven't heard about this, then you're missing out. Because... This is actually a legitimate company. You can go see it. Check it all out. Many places have already done this in churches. They will actually buy medical debt because you can buy the medical debt for dollars, pennies on the dollar and dollars on the hundreds and that sort of thing. You can give $1,000 and it will raise $10,000 of medical debt for somebody. $1,000 will raise $10,000 of medical debt. Some places have raised $100,000 in churches and given all that money then to be able to then erase debt, which is in the millions. That's how cheap it is to buy medical debt. You could do that. You could go to Walmart and be able to pay off somebody's layaway. Just go up to the desk and say you want to pay somebody's layaway. You see, it's easy. It just takes time. It takes energy, and it takes focusing on something besides ourselves. And that's the hard part, getting us to get outside of our own stuff. That's why Jesus came. The season we gathered and packed 150 Operation Christmas Child boxes are over that, right? How many was it? 154. 153 families were fed, representing, I forgot what the number was, like 1,000 meals or pretty close to 1,000 meals, we said. 1,000, yeah. 10,000 meals, sorry. Yeah. 800 people, but something around that. Maybe adopted an angel. There are so many ways we've done those things, but my prayer is you will take that money saved by one less gift and still help someone locally and globally even now with a couple of days to go or a week and a half to go, as the case may be. After all, don't we serve a baby born in a third world country far away? Why do we think that somehow that it only happens here at home? To close, one of my favorite Christmas poems is called The Work of Christmas. 
composed by Howard Thurman, African-American theologian, educator, civil rights leader. You may have heard these words before, but they are a fitting way to close us as we get ready to head to Christmas. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star of the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, and to make music in the heart. As Marley said to Scrooge, it's not too late. Worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. Turn your Christmas upside down. Amen. Let's stand for him of commitment, O little town of Bethlehem, as we consider all of these things in serving the Christ child who is about to come once again. Number 230 in your hymnals.
notice in your bulletin ways to love all this year. Donate the money you save from spending less. Invite someone to church with you this week, and I would say Christmas Eve. Share a meal together. Be the person with an extra dose of patience this week. Listen well to others and offer grace. Read Matthew 25. Notice how much Jesus cares about the way we love and serve others. Pray for families around the world that are in need, single moms, refugees, villages without clean water, the homeless in our city. Find a local organization and volunteer. Go with family, friends, or small groups. Talk about the experience. See what you've learned. Just a few ways to make sure that we don't forget what the true meaning of the season is. It's not found in Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays. It is found in Christ. And understanding what it means to keep the Christ in Christmas is to serve others faithfully and fully. That is the greatest gift that we could give to him ever. Merry Christmas to you all if I don't see you again. And I pray that you will have safe journeys and travel to your various locations. And for those I will see again, I look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve. Be be a blessing to others because God has blessed you. And God wants you to bless others in all that you say and all that you do. Amen. Turn the You can certainly enjoy the beauty of the whole thing.
Celebrate Jesus, Lord, at his birth. Live your lives for him. Let him direct and guide you. Love all as he taught us to. Amen.